This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Geekscapists. Here's a brand new episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, strap yourselves in for some pop culture talk. What you're about to hear is a live recording of my Los Angeles Comic-Con panel with none other than Amy Jo Johnson. I'll admit, I was a little too old when the Power Rangers thing happened, but of course I witnessed it. It was a phenomenon. Amy Jo and I definitely talk about that and about her journey into becoming a filmmaker. I don't know if you caught the last episode where I talked to LeVar Burton, but if I thought I was nervous for LeVar, I was definitely nervous for Amy Jo. She was thoughtful and sensitive, and when I asked her if she just wanted to do an audience Q&A, she said, no, let's just you and I talk one-on-one. So that's what you're about to hear. I thought it was beautiful. See for yourself. up a little bit too early. That's okay, though. How are you guys? Aw, look at all you. The costumes are beautiful. I love it. Hi. Oh. I don't think I got an intro, but that's okay. Sorry, you didn't even get an intro. Y'all had enough of me yesterday. It's fine. (laughs) How's it going? Thank you for being patient today at my table. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, here we are. I'm going to take my coat off. I'm going to take my coat off, sit down, hang out, stay a while. Take your time, Amy. I'm We're ready. Here What's for up? You. I'm Jonathan London from Geekscape, and I'm excited to talk to you. I've never actually met you, Amy. I've, I've met a lot yeah. of the, the people who are up here on the main stage. and Oh, hey, hi. It's like a big hangout party back there. But when people found out that I was moderating a conversation with you, they really got excited. Yeah. Like, there's something about um, just that role you played in the original team. Yeah. That, that was my first job I ever had. A lot Did of you people guys grew know up that? with. Actually, that's not true. My first job I ever had was scooping ice cream when I was <laughs> in sixth grade. No, yeah, sixth grade. Um, no, but my first acting job was Power Rangers. I had, like, I went to school in New York um, when I was 19 to 20. Then I followed a boy cross country to Los Angeles. 
This is very embarrassing to say, but I didn't realize that Hollywood was in Los Angeles. I know. It was like its own town in your, in your head. It you was, were like... It was so convenient when I got here. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is great. But I literally drove, I guess on the 10, like pretty much a lot of the way. Does it, the 10 go yeah, all the way? Yeah, yeah. the 10 will take you drove right Drove the in. 10 all the way to the ocean. Put my feet in the sand and I was like... But on my way to the ocean, I saw the Hollywood sign, and I got really excited. Anyway, six months later, I left because I, had, I was like, eh, I don't know if this is working for me. The relationship and, or the career? You oh, well, we broke up. I broke oh, up with the boy. Um, he went back to Texas, and I was here alone, and I was like, I was taking this... Um, commercial workshop class from this woman named Katie Wallens. So that was my only sort of thing that I had going on for me with acting. But I, I just sort of was like, I don't know if this is working. And so the night before I moved back to, to um, Cape Cod, where I'm from, I met this man in the Hollywood diner. His name was Walter Rainey, and he was my mentor for the last 30 years. He passed away about a year ago. But he told me, he was like, you have it, you have what it takes. And I was like, oh. and I, like, I literally moved home and within two weeks moved back because he filled my ego and made me believe in myself. And Katie Wallen said, hey, I'm auditioning for this series. Do you wanna come out and it's a kid's show um, and I know you're a gymnast. So I said, okay. So I went and auditioned and I got the part. And then I had no idea that like 30 years later, I'd, I'd be, you know, I had, I mean, you guys were children then. <laughs> Did you have any idea that like the longevity of how special the show is and how, well, it's you guys that make the show special actually really, if you really think about it. <laughs> Right? Just like the love that you have for those characters is mind-blowing to me. It's really beautiful. So I, I really thank you. And it was immediate, too. Remember, that was the toy that couldn't stay on shelves. People were, like, fighting in aisles for them that Christmas. The oh, Power that first Rangers Christmas. Thing, it was immediate, right? The, the year before, it was the, uh, the Cabbage Patch Kid. Mm -hmm. And then that year, it was the Power Rangers and I'm sorry if I'm talking too much. No, no, okay. they're, they're not here for me. <laughs> but I remember the first Christmas, maybe it was the second Christmas, it was the second one, because I was with Steve Cardenas, you know, Rocky, mm -hmm. from the, after Austin left. We went to Detroit. I think they spread us out all over the, you know what that was, you guys? That was the, um, the publicity for the movie. The movie was coming out. And they send you like malls and stuff? Or like what do they do? Yeah, so they spread us out all over in malls across the country. Teamed me up with Rocky, with Steve Cardenas. And they didn't know, I, I guess they weren't prepared for how popular the show was. But I remember we were wearing our costumes without the helmets. And, oh no, I refused to. <laughs> to put the helmet on, yeah. Steve Cardenas had the, Range Ranger, the Red Ranger suit on, and I had like a pink T-shirt or something. And they had us go down this escalator into a sea of people, kind of like this right here, mm -hmm. but it was a sea of very angry parents <laughs> who 
wanted their toys signed. And there was absolutely no security or anything. And they played, I remember they played um, the Rocky theme, um, Eye of the Tiger, as we came down the escalator. Oh yeah, pump up the parents, get them ready to fight each other. That's and, a great idea. Yeah, and me and Steve are going into this like sea of, of you know, Rabbit people. parents. And I look at him and I go, on three, run. And we did. We booked it through the mall all the way to the back and got in the limo back there. And I was like, and never again, I'm not doing that without like, oh, can I tell one more story? Tell, tell as many stories as you Because this one has want. to do with JDF. And it's, it's fun. So when the show first came out, um, I always get my timing wrong. So if David was here, who would definitely be correcting me, but he's not here. So I'm just going to go with my own timeline. Um, we flew to Hawaii. Have you guys heard this story before? That's okay. Um, so they flew us to Hawaii and they had no idea how popular the show was. Nobody did, except for the children, <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, so they, we landed in Hawaii and they announced it on the radio. And when the plane landed, I think there was over 10,000 people in that airport waiting outside and inside. And it was me, Jason, and David. And I just remember getting off the plane and then getting onto the, I don't know, the into, into, the, into the airport. Mm. And you know how when you go to Hawaii, they lay you. So, so they started laying us. No security again. Just getting laid, and getting laid, and getting laid, and getting laid, and to the point that we're walking, and JDF is right in front of me, and we got laid so much. I just remember Jason turning around and looking at me, and all I see are his eyes. <laughs> he looked like a Furby. Because there was so many fl uh, flowers up on top of him, and his eyes were just like... <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. He loved it, though, because then we got outside, and I just remember it was just swarms of people and we got in the limo and then he climbed on the roof of the limo and we were driving through the swarms of people and he was just way he was like he was awesome anyway we almost were laid to death anyway that's incredible and it, it was crazy and is is it as immediate was it as, as immediate as i'm as we're thinking like you are thinking you moved to Texas or you you moved to cape cod you kind of recharge your engines you come back you land the role, and was it that immediate that your world changed? No, God, no, no. So I landed the role, and then we had a whole year, right, of shooting the pilot first, and then in January we started shooting the actual series. I think um, Jason, JDF, was cast. He came in on the 14th episode. You guys probably know better than I do, but um, so he came in before the show has been aired, um, so we shot for a whole year, just about, and then it aired, and I think like three or four weeks later, we went and did this thing at Universal Studios, which people know about, where we, we got there, and I don't know how many people that theater holds, like 4,000, 3,000? We had to do like seven shows that day because they're the like it closed down the highway. There were so many people going to see us at the amphitheater. That's insane. I had nightmares that night. I did. I had nightmares that there was going to be nuclear war. I think it was very intense for somebody, for all of us who 
we're not famous. We're just first break, first, you know, and then suddenly pink spandex on national television. There we go. <laughs> and Amy, for, the, for that year that you're filming, do y'all know like what is? Do y'all know what you're making? I mean, obviously, oh no, it was Dino Rangers, and then yeah, no, I mean, it was so fun. It was a job. I learned so much that the whole my whole experience with Power Rangers was certainly a learning, a learning curve, a learning experience, like how to hit a mark or how you know. It, just so much. It was almost like going to college in a way. And we partied like we were in college. We did. It was fun. But you're also going to business school in a sense because you're learning how to be a professional actress and you're learning how to pay. Were yourself. we? No. Well, the contracts <laughs> was like pretty... You, were, you weren't getting paid a ton, right? And I think the contracts oh, no. were I like... Oh, no. I think I'm... Well, it was more money than I had ever made in my entire uh-huh. life. But I think I got $750 an episode. So... With and residual. it's non-union, no residuals. Oh my God. That's okay. I have Comic Cons with you guys, and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and did that change over the course of your time on the show? Like, what, what were the things that changed from that first day where you're like, "Oh my God, this is turning into a phenomenon," and then the last day? Like, what were the changes in both the fans or in making the show? Like, what did you notice the oh, most? Oh yeah, you know what? I did. I think 152 episodes. I'm not sure exactly how many, but I was there about a year and a half, two years. Um, I stayed after Walter, um, Austin, and Twi left because they wanted it to go union because they were a lot smarter <laughs> than me. Little, they were a little more business savvy. I had no idea. I was just like, wee. Um, but then I got to a point where, I don't know, I, just, I was like, okay, that's enough. Enough of this awesome TV show. I'm ready to to go out and, and to, you know, audition for other things. And I literally didn't get another acting gig for two years. Wow. So I just, I, did, I don't know, if are there any aspiring actors here? We are in Los Angeles. Yeah, so my advice to that, to the five people out there, <laughs> um, is to focus on the craft and focus on taking acting classes and doing plays and and the business aspect of acting I think comes naturally through like the perseverance of of getting better at your craft I think with anything in life I think that's a good way to look at it and with things like Felicity and Flashpoint were you making conscious decisions to go as far from Kimberly as you could or were you just trying to get the gig I was just trying to get another gig so I think my next job after that was called Killing Mr. Griffin. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. My next job got me in the union, and I played Iowa's Finest um, with Billy Crudup. Well, I had one scene uh, with Billy Crudup in um, Pre-Fontaine. What was the movie called? Pre? Um, and are there a lot of children here? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll my out. one scene was I got to have a sex scene with Billy Crudup. <laughs> and I was a gymnast and I, I was doing a handstand while we had sex. Anyway, we didn't really have sex, guys. That's not how it works. But, and my, my, role, my character role was Iowa's Finest. That's pretty different. It was than the amazing. Power it was so fun. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Robert Town directed that movie. It was, it was an experience. And I got in the union. And then the next job after that was Killing Mr. Griffin. Did you always have with the Michelle Williams actually? Well, uh, as you're taking all these different roles and they're 
different every time you're doing it. Did, when did the directing bug kick huh? in? When did the directing bug kick in? Oh, um, I think I had the bug earlier than I actually acted on um, my desire in, in figuring out my passion. So I actually left Los Angeles when I turned 35 because I, I was kind of burning out. I was very insecure. I was very focused on what everybody else is doing and, and it was affecting me. So I left. I, I moved to Canada and I was like, I'm changing my life. I need to just, I'm not going to act anymore. But I ended up getting a series called Flashpoint, which brought me to Toronto. And I had, it changed my life, really. I found, I, well, first of all, I, I had my daughter during that time. But I also, I, I feel like I found my confidence while shooting that show. Um, yeah, has anybody watched Flashpoint? Yeah, ah, it was such a good experience for me with Enrico and the, the whole cast. I was the only girl, really, in the cast, too, which was quite empowering. And I was pregnant the whole first season with a lot of hormones, so that was, it was, it was life-changing. Like, anyway, I feel like, I, am I running out of time? Am I no. talking too much? Oh, okay. No. So when I first got the role, I felt, I, I didn't feel like I was sitting in my body, if that makes any sense. I felt very just insecure and wishy-washy. But to play Jules on Flashpoint, I had to be a sniper. And I had to be like this like confident, confident person, this, you know. And, and I just remember being pregnant and like, and the, and the producer or Enrico or somebody saying just like, you know, fake it till you make it. And literally through those five seasons, I like suddenly just found myself like just more grounded in my body and in my life I felt myself more grounded. Probably becoming a mother and long story short, um, during that time I figured out that I wanted to tell stories and actually acting wasn't fulfilling me or making me super happy. But once I started writing and directing and doing my first short film, I was like, oh my God this is all I want to do with my life, is, is, is to work with other people and make films. I love it so much. I love it. Do you look for opportunities to empower them when, as a director in the way that you see yourself? Like, okay, what would you tell the 35-year-old actor before Flashpoint? And do you encounter actors like that as a director where you're like, this is my opportunity to empower them in the way that I was empowered by, uh, empowered by a role? I don't Oh, you know what? I've never really thought about that. But I, I was an insecure actor. I don't think actors are necessarily insecure. I think it really suits some people. Um, for me, I, I was just—I was—it was great training ground for when I have become now a writer and a director. Um, but it—it wasn't—I w- I wasn't doing exactly what I my like soul wanted to be doing. So, yeah, if that makes any sense. In. You wrote your first film. You didn't write your second film, but writing no. that first film, where did that come from? Like, um, well, I wrote all the shorts, and I don't even know this. Who knows where the space between seed came from? I actually do, but uh, whatever. Um, 
And then I went to the Canadian Film Center, and I met a woman named Joanne Sarazen, and she wrote Tammy's Always Dying, which is the last feature that I did. And um, I loved the script. It cathartically spoke to me because my dad is a non-functioning alcoholic. He's actually functioning now because he's in a home, but whatever. That's too personal. Um, (laughs) So, But I thought I'd make Tammy's Always Dying because I, I could really connect to it. And I love taking dark situations and finding some levity in there and finding, I don't know, a way to just sort of find some lightness within the dark and find the funny as well. Because really, there's funny in everything. Sure. Yeah. You just directed, well, uh, it just aired the episode Superman and Lois that you did. did. Y'all watch Superman and Lois? Did you notice a familiar name on the credits? I know I did. Yeah. So That's a great show. I got to do episode, uh, season two, episode six. It's called Tried and True. It was the most exhilarating experience of my life. I loved it so much. Um, I learned so much. I was terrified when I you know, got the job and walking into it. But I just... Um, this guy, Tom Cavanaugh, do you guys know who he is? Oh, yeah. He, yeah, so he directs a ton of them. And he gave me the best advice in the whole world. I'm going to give it to you guys because I think it's a good way to sort of walk through life. Is He said, proceed with gratitude. It carried me through that entire show because everybody there is there to do their best, right? And if, if you just go through life proceeding with gratitude, it may sound corny, but I'm telling you, it really helps. So anyway, it got me through, but I learned, I got to use like a hundred foot crane and like just, and the, the, the cast was incredible. They were so generous. I, I loved it. Have you guys seen, seen my episode? Come on now. There's some Superman and Lois fans at LA Comics. So huh? it's episode, season two, episode six. It's called Tried and True. Um, Amy, they're, they're telling me to wrap up and oh, sorry, we were guys. talking about go with gratitude. Yeah. What are you grateful for? And what are we going to see you write and direct next? Oh, Two, two okay. questions. What are you grateful for? Well, right for? now, I'm, my heart is so full with everybody who's come to my table. And I just like, just this weekend, I was so nervous because of everything that's happened recently. And, and if anything, this weekend has been very healing. I don't know if for anybody else, but... It's just been really nice. And I just want to share this thing without crying, but I told somebody this morning that I, for the first time in my life, I've realized what an autograph holds. Because I didn't get it. I was like, oh, people want autographs. They want my autograph. Oh, okay. But every time someone would come up with something signed by JDF, it buzzed with this, like, energy that he had touched that. And it just, I was like, I get it. Oh my God, I suddenly get it. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. And so thank you for all of your love. That is something to be grateful for. Yeah. And so I've written in the past two years during the pandemic, I've written a couple scripts. One is a sort of sexy thriller. Um, And then another one is a love story. And both of those, it takes forever to get a movie off the ground, but I'm working very hard to, um, to get both of those movies off the ground. So that's what I'm up to next. So, we yeah. are cheering for you, Amy. Thank you. Um, and on screen, we're going to see you on screen, maybe? No. Forget it. That's, <laughs> Didn't you, know you hear me? No. That is a completely, <laughs> that, we're totally cool with it. 
And once a ranger, always a ranger, so we're good with it. Yeah, yeah we're looking forward to seeing what you're writing and directing. That's what yeah. I, you, I told thank you, that's you what for, I'm so excited about. Oh, thank you. And he's a director, too, by yeah. the way. But thank you for your support with that. One of the most incredible things is to have these children. Oops, my phone. We'll oh, I want to we'll take a picture it. with you guys, too. Oh. To have children, when I was, you know, my first job, have followed my career and watched me transition and change and still be there supporting is just really lovely and thank you so much. And I, can, I, can we do like a weird selfie? Okay. Go for it. Or I can take it or... Why don't we do one with you in it? You want me in it? Okay. Oh no. Oh, maybe we do... Oh no, okay. And, and I can take can one of you. Yeah. Look at this. Everybody wants you to give your... Put your hands up and give a big cheer for Amy Jo Johnson, everybody. Got a couple of them for you. Let's check the gate and we will move on, everybody. Thank you so much, Amy. Amy Jo Johnson, everybody. Hey, thanks, guys. I'll see you at my table in the photo op. Bye. How wonderful is Amy Jo Johnson? She's wonderful. What a beautiful person and what a fighter. I think that the things she said about discovering filmmaking and becoming a mother and how that reinvigorated her confidence and gave her focus, what an incredibly candid and open thing to say. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and for sure, share this conversation with your friends. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Geekscape podcast and leave us a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you're listening from. We've got one more LA Comic Con panel coming up in the feed, so you definitely don't want to miss it. We'll see you then. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.